15. Next Sunday at 7 a.m., the United Methodist men will have their breakfast at Trinity. We have birthdays at the bottom of the page. We would like to welcome Dan Camp with us in worship today, our district superintendent. And then on a personal note, I would like to thank everybody for their help with the Samaritan's Purse drop-off week. We collected 526 boxes from this community. And I thank everyone who volunteered their time, put a box together, gave offerings to me for to go toward the shipping or other parts of the project. Let us worship the Lord.
Good morning. Hadn't seen you since last year, and this is a fresh new year, and some of you already look worn out. <laughs> Just kidding. I am so grateful that we're gathered here together to praise the Lord on this Epiphany Sunday. And I also, we're glad to have Dan with us. We're glad to have Terry with us. And uh, we are glad to have all those who are with us on the radio. But it's really nice to have you here in person. And we're going to pray this prayer on 255 about, it's uh, designed for Epiphany Sunday, and what it talks about is we're all made from one blood. You know, there's only one race, uh, and that is, we're all the human race, and in God's Word there's only two genders. And this points out the one race, so let us pray. O oh God, you made of one blood all nations. And by a star in the east, you revealed to all people him whose name is Emmanuel. Enable us who know your presence with us so to proclaim his unsearchable riches that all may come to his light and bow before the brightness of his rising, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever. And all God's children said, Amen. If you remain standing, we're going to affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed that's found on 881 in your hymnal, and it'll be on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Real quick, if you guys could stay seated, but turn in the faith we sing to 2266. I forgot to add the song onto the slideshow. Here's bread, here's wine.
Well, we are so grateful that we can celebrate together, not only in our songs and in the Word of God, but in the communion that we can celebrate that Christ is with us. And as we, you know, as we begin this new year, it's so easy for us who have done this often and regularly to become almost too familiar with it. That it goes again beyond sometimes our heart and just through our head. Uh, and so as we focus on this new year, you know, I was thinking as we were singing to God be the glory, uh, you know, it's good to say praise the Lord. And really praise the Lord. Because that's what we've come here to do. We've come here to worship together and give God praise. And, and when, before we leave, we want to make sure we've praised the Lord. But I can remember um, in my first days with Christ after I'd had this uh, life-changing experience, hearing some people say praise the Lord, and they didn't really sound like they really were praising the Lord. They were kind of just saying the words. And, you know, I, again, when we have these times to sing together, that's what we want to do. Uh, I know that we can, we can make a joyful melody in our hearts so we don't have to be the loudest one when we're singing, but, but when we do sing praise the Lord, help us, Lord, to remember that we are praising the Lord. And when we say this, that we are praying and we are confessing and God is with us. And we want it to be a fresh new year and a fresh new commitment to the Lord as we pray. Christ our Lord invites to His table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. Boy, that's very important, beloved. I know it's a challenge to my life. It's a challenge to your life. But we need to seek to live in peace with one another because we don't have any excuse not to. If we don't, we're not doing what Jesus has called us to do as His followers. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved You with our whole heart, we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let's just take a moment together and ask the Lord to examine our hearts. And if we need to give it something to Him, He is so gracious to receive. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Jesus Christ, by the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, You gave birth to Your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took the bread and gave thanks to You and broke the bread and gave it to His disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of wafer and juice, 
Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit make us one with Christ, and one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until we, Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in Your holy church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray the prayer Jesus taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If our ushers will come, those who are going to help serve, we're going to give to you one of these prepackaged. And as soon as you get it, you might as well begin to work that wafer out. And if you'll hold the wafer and juice until everyone has received, then we'll take this together. Then after we've received communion, our ushers will come and collect the cups. Thank you, man. Everyone here has one. The musicians have one. Okay, thank you. I realize these aren't the most user-friendly receptacles to try to get into, but hopefully you got into yours. And again, 
God is friendly and God is good. And let us commune with Him. Heavenly Father, again, we thank You for this new year that we are turning our calendars over to. We thank You that all may change, but Jesus never. And for this mystery of You giving Yourself to us, that we might be Your light and salt in this world. We thank You so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. to continue in prayer another moment um, but I'm very thankful uh, I'm so thankful that you know we are here today able to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth that's what we're strive we're we're desiring to do uh, and who would have thought the folks that organized this church and built it in 1872 they could have never imagined that in 2021 we would still be here doing this. But we are so thankful for those who had the vision and all those who have served from that time until now on the various committees that have been served on. I just want to thank you all those who served in 2020. We thank you for your service. Thank you for your participation. Uh, we've got more. So we're grateful for 2021. And I also want to thank our musicians and everyone that makes, helps make a joyful noise here for Gary and his faithfulness and, and just for you and your constant uh, offering and gifts that makes it possible. We have several prayer requests this morning. Um, and we want to remember the Kilpatricks uh, some of you may have tried to call them and hadn't been able to. They had changed their phones, and I'm not sure if they've gotten them working yet or whether they were with AT&T. Some of you realize that uh, uh, people who are using AT&T services have had some glitches since that uh, explosion in Nashville last week. We also want to remember Miss Jean Deming, the family of John Ayers, uh, the family of Logan Clayton, 
Richard Hazelwood, Danny Jones, Christy Pugh, uh, her family who, uh, who passed away on Saturday. We want to remember Johanna, Barbara McCormick, Ed and Betty Morris, and also the Carlsons. Uh, I think we mentioned this last Sunday, but uh, Billy Dixon, uh, Cammy Carlson's father, uh, was uh, services was were Thursday, and uh, we just want to remember Keith and the ministry that Keith now has. Uh, we want to remember our churches that are struggling right now, and. You know, one thing that we can gather here and be rest assured that heaven, there are no urgencies in heaven. And so as we have prayed, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. May God's peace continue to protect and keep us as we pray. Light of the world, we rejoice to know that you are more certain than the sun's rising. We are grateful to know that you're more constant than the sea's tides. And as we begin 2021, we are confident, Lord, in your leadership, your eternal word, and your everlasting love. We thank you that we're another day closer to seeing you face to face. And you're much more glorious than what we can even imagine. Lord, we ask that you will bless us with your righteousness and truth, that you will give us hearts of justice and mercy, that you will deliver us from darkness and deceit, that you will expose corruption, whether it be in our own hearts or in our church or in the courthouse or in the White House that you will give us peace with justice, that you will heal our sick, and that you will revive your people, and that you'll use every circumstance and situation that we're all facing to draw us closer to you, and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may remain seated as we join together, singing Fairest Lord Jesus, followed by the gift of love.
join together singing We Three Kings. be seated. Well, this morning we are going to look into Matthew's account of these mysterious group of folks that showed up from the, the West. And, you know, it's interesting. Again, I love the song. We, I, I mean, I know we got we to gotta sing the song, and you guys did it wonderfully. I really appreciate it so much. It's not my favorite tune. It's not one that I, I would be singing any other time of the year, but it's almost mandatory this time of year. Uh, but, you know, who knows whether there were three. That's, that's what we find on the Hallmark cards and all the other images. Uh, but we do know there were three gifts, and we're going to read about them. And I want to offer uh, some uh, learning that we can get from the wise. Matthew begins the second chapter of the first verse. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked him, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, 
He was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. And when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I, we, again, I pointed out last week, and just one more time, about God's confirmations. Oftentimes, when we begin to, uh, when we're asked to do something by faith, sometimes it can go against uh, rational thinking. Uh, sometimes it goes against common sense. I mean, what common sense says that a, a young maiden has a baby? Or what kind of common sense is it for when, when the Lord said, Peter, step out of the boat. And, and one of the things that we may have to do things that are uncomfortable and a little bit contrary to our common sense, but God gives His confirmations. And God gave Mary and Joseph confirmations the night of Jesus' birth with the shepherd's visit. And then last week we talked about the temple encounter with Simon and Anna 40 days afterwards. And now somewhere between two months and a year, this mysterious Gentile caravan from the east arrives in Jerusalem, the scripture says, to worship this newborn king. That was, my words, proclaimed by the stars. Now why the Holy Family is still in Bethlehem is speculation. Uh, could have been, again, it took all their resources to get there in the first place and then having a child and you know what that costs and they just didn't have the resources to go back yet. They knew they were going to go to the temple within 40 days and 5 miles was a lot easier than the 70 mile trip from Nazareth. It could be that their car blew up and they needed to get a new engine or better than that, maybe the donkey died and they had to purchase, but for some reason they're still there. I know all this is speculation. But again, our tradition puts the wise men showing up the same time of the birth and the shepherds, but the scripture doesn't. So today we're gonna, I want to take uh, to look a moment at who these wise 
men were, who these magi from the east were, who had traveled afar, and share some thoughts from a guy named Hal Lindsey, who had written a book called The Late Great Planet Earth, but I heard him share about this, and in order to get the connection with these guys, we need to go back and do a little history lesson and go back to the time when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians. We read in the Old Testament about Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego who became a part of the, the royal uh, court. And we can read in Daniel chapter 2 about Nebuchadnezzar having this dream and the dream bothered him so much that he called his uh, magicians and, and, and he called the court. He, actually, he summoned his royal court and uh, some suggest that his royal court would have been uh, made up of magicians which were folks who were uh, wise in the ancient religious uh, knowledge of things. They were experts um, and they were music, uh, magicians that could actually probably do supernatural, magical things similar to the magicians that were in Pharaoh's court when Moses challenged Pharaoh to let my people go. And the scripture tells us that the court's magicians also made their staff turn into a snake. And then there would have been sorcerers who had knowledge of spells and witchcraft. And then there were astrologers, or Chaldeans, some translations say, which were a special caste of priests who were experts in astronomy. Well, anyway, we know about Neb's dream, and his demands were, I want it to be interpreted or you die. Not only interpreted, but you've got to tell me what the dream was. Daniel was there, and Daniel asked Nebuchadnezzar for a few days and waits in the presence of God Almighty, and God gives him the dream and the interpretation, and he spares all of these people's lives. And after that interpretation, Nebuchadnezzar says that all of Babylon should worship the God of Daniel. And he stayed there in good, good uh, relation. In fact, Daniel never went back to Israel, even though Israelites had gone back. And Daniel had prophesied of the Messiah's coming. And the Magi's involvement in Jesus' birth is presumed to be related to Daniel's influence on the Babylonian kingdom during the time of captivity. Now this isn't, you don't have to hold me to it, but people don't just randomly get involved in God's uh, kingdom. People are, are affected by other people, they're influenced by other people. I, you know, the greatest thing any of us can do is to influence other people for Christ. That they may forget our names, but they don't forget Christ's name. That we can influence them into the Word of God, to believe God's Word, to trust in God's Word. I had a friend of mine from the former church I was serving in Middle Tennessee, Mikey, uh, sent me a text on uh, New Year's Eve and just said, Hey, Brother Tom, I wanted to... Uh, uh, I just wanted to wish you a Happy New Year and stuff. I haven't answered him yet. i got to get back with him. But he, if you're listening, Mikey, Happy New Year. Anyway, uh, I'm outside. He said, I'm outside. I'm smoking my stogie and reading God's Word. 
And I, I see, you know, I hope my influence in his life wasn't the stogie, but it was God's word. But you know, the Bible tells us, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said, To him who is able to do exceedingly above and beyond what we can imagine or think. So it's not beyond reason that Daniel's influence was great enough to infect six generations in these people's lives. And when they arrived in Jerusalem, they probably expected to find a celebration of the newborn king's birth, but instead they found no one knew anything about it. I mean, this was the religious capital of the world for the Jewish religion, and no, nobody knew anything about it. And we read that Herod and all of Jerusalem was disturbed. And friends, you know that t-shirt, when so-and-so ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? Well, when Herod wasn't happy, wasn't anyone happy. Someone, the historian Josephus, I think, wrote that it was better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son because Herod didn't eat pork, but Herod did kill some of his sons. He was a ruthless, paranoid tyrant. He was politically shrewd. And the only thing that we remember about him, although he was a, he was a massive uh, a builder, he built Masada, he had made uh, the temple into the marvel that it was. He spent 12 years constructing a, a port in Caesarea, and really the last temple was the most lavish under Herod's uh, rule. But the only thing we really remember him as is as the despicable paranoid king who ordered the murder of Bethlehem's children under two years old in order to ensure that his name or his sons would retain power in Jerusalem. Throughout history, the devil has, has done things everything possible to prevent Christ from coming because he knew Jesus was the only one who could feel God's promise in Genesis that the seed of the woman was going to destroy the serpent's rule on earth and Herod was just another pawn and whether he knew it or not he served the devil well. And were it not for God's divine intervention to warn Joseph in a dream to get out of Bethlehem he would have killed the only one who could deliver us from our sin and the dark deception that continues to keep people from believing and realizing that Jesus is our only but sure hope. David Crowder did a song, All My Hope Is In Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven and I've been washed by His blood. Well, here are a few things that we can learn from the wise. The first thing is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. These men discerned the signs of the time according to Daniel's prophecy and they believed God's word. How we need in the days in which we live men and women of God who can discern the times of which we live. I mentioned the sons of Issachar are found in 1 Chronicles 12.32. It records that the sons of Ishakar understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. God help us 
that we as a collective body of Christ would be able to discern what we as a congregation should do in the times in which we live. For it's 2021 and not 1969 or 1989 or 19-whatever or 2020. We live in different days and we need to discern times. We can't live on what we've done before. We are thankful for the foundation we have. But we live in 2021. We need folks who discern the time. And when the heavens declared the glory of God and the stars' appearance, everything else in these folks' lives became secondary. They determined they were going to see Jesus, they were going to worship Him, and they made the main thing the main thing in their lives. And I can tell you this, 2020 is the time to make Jesus the main thing of your lives. If Jesus hasn't been the main thing of your lives, and excuse me, 2021 is the time, if Jesus wasn't in 2020. Secondly is that they weren't impulsive. You know, we live in a culture where 3G is too slow. In fact, they're trying to get 5G. Most people want it, and they have no idea what kind of impact or effect it can have on our minds, on our bodies, on our country. We have no idea. But we want it because it's faster, and faster is better, and newer is better in the age in which we live. But these folks were living on 500-year-old data. Believing what they heard and calculating. Could this, be, could this be it? And they had counted the cost, which was long and difficult and dangerous before they set out. You know, it is supposed that they came from Susa in southern Persia, 1,200 miles from Jerusalem. And that it wouldn't have been a caravan of people that were going because they would have been carrying supplies and they would have needed people to protect them. And the average caravan travels 18 to 20 miles a day through the sand and the dust and the sun and the rain and the cold and the heat and mountain passes and valleys and river crossings and unpacking and packing for 60 days. Yet they believed no sacrifice was too great for them to see this great king. You know, Jesus taught us that his followers need to count the cost. And Paul believed that whatever be the cost, it is no comparison to his glory. I often wonder, what are we willing to throw in the towel over? You know, in our churches, we, we are very, we're vulnerable. We're, we're quite fragile. Uh, fragile, I'd like, you know, I, I know I am. <laughs> we're, you know, uh, personality conflicts can have a great impact in our life. Uh, personal preferences. But, you know, we need to stick to the old, old story about a Savior who came from glory. And as Miss Layla Puckett used to tell me, we can't let anything between me and my soul and my Savior, that song we have in our hymn book, nothing between my soul and my Savior. We don't need to be impulsive and, and throw, you know, we're going to upset one another at times, but we need to have something that will stabilize us and keep us together. And that only thing that can do that is God's Word 
and the great commission that we are to love God, love our neighbor, and to tell others about Jesus. And thirdly, they went the extra mile. You know, they intended to go to Jerusalem, but they say that Bethlehem, depending on the way you get there, probably is a, a five to seven extra miles. They went further than they intended to go. Christ taught us that if uh, someone asked you to go one mile, we should go two. I think we can translate that. If, if someone asked you to serve on one committee, then maybe if you're available, you could serve on two. What do you think? You think that? <laughs> maybe not. But listen, I do thank all of you who have been serving this church. We do this together. And God knows the challenges, and God knows our motives, and no one needs to do everything, but everyone can do something if we're willing to go the extra mile for Jesus. And then the Scripture says that when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him, and they presented their gifts. And the wonderful gifts all represent something. But the last point I want to share with you today is that they didn't leave as they came. You know, no one can encounter Jesus and be the same as they were before they encountered Him. And really, it should be for us that 2021, the hope of 2021 is that God will give us more days, mercies new every morning, uh, more opportunity to get into God's Word and seek His face. Because we can't worship God in spirit and truth and leave like we came. You know that uh, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. I may have told you this, I was in a restaurant in my hometown and a fellow that I hadn't seen for about 35, maybe more than that, years since I'd come to know the Lord. And he saw me a little older than me and he looked at me and he said, Boy, you ain't changed a bit. You know, that was something his, his mother used to say to folks, I think. And he would, he would say, Boy, you ain't changed a bit. And I thought... My goodness, Warren, I got glasses. I didn't put them on until I was 25. I'm, we're both losing our hair and teeth and what have you. And, but I, here's the thing. If I had, you know, if, that kind of hurt because I know I've changed a lot because of Christ. I know there's a lot to go. But you can't remain the same and be in the presence of God. And they didn't go the way they came. They took another route knowing that that route that they took would be risky to their lives. They counted the cost before they left their homes and they disregarded Herod's request and they counted the cost before they left Bethlehem and they determined Jesus is worth it. And though they gave great treasure to Joseph and Mary, I can assure you when we see them in heaven, they will say that they left with more than they came with. For they became all the richer and all the wiser because of their faithfulness to God. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be faithful to Your glorious story. Give us a heart and a determination to seek Your face. 
We pray for wisdom and discernment and humility to see the signs of the times through the lenses of your word for your glory. And thank you for your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Singing Where He Leads Me. the benediction. Beloved, may you know that God is with us and will go with us all the way and that we can trust His leading. Lord, fill us again, we pray, to overflowing that as we go into the world in which we live in which there is much darkness and much confusion, May your love overflow from our lives into these lives around us that need it so much as we do. And may you be glorified in everything we say and do this week and all the days of our life. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.